Welcome to the Sharing Our Journey podcast, a podcast ministry of Harrodsburg Baptist Church. I am the host, Associate Pastor Jonathan Johnston, and I am joined uh, once again by Worship Pastor Bo Harris. Hello, hello. Bo is Bo is hanging in there vocally uh, this week as he has been battling throat issues. We're just doing the best we can, <laughs> you know. Trust in Jesus. Trust in Jesus. And and he has been able to sing throughout this. So there is something to be said there that, that Jesus is working through him, uh, through the vocal cords when needed. Uh, so we will keep trusting in that uh, as we continue to pray for Bo to, to get fully well. Uh, but today we are continuing um, our sermon series on Jesus in the Psalms. Um, and if you've been with us, uh, we we started in week one looking at Jesus as the righteous man. In week two, we looked at uh, Jesus as the uh, suffering uh, but victorious um, servant. Uh, and then uh, last week, we looked at Jesus as the good shepherd, and we tied in with Psalm 23. Uh, today, we are going to Psalm 98, which... Um, what we want to pull from Psalm 98 really kind of comes at the end of Psalm 98, at the end of the, the nine verses here. But uh, Psalm 98, which uh, is is a praise hymn, if we look at it, right? Yeah. Um, uh, and then we, we want to look at that, and then we'll tie to uh, the book of Revelation for our New Testament passage. But today, specifically, we're going to look at a concept, like I said, in in verse 9 of Psalm 98. So we'll begin with reading Psalm 98. Um, Yeah. It says, O sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done wonderful things. His right hand and his holy arm have gained the victory for him. The Lord has made known his salvation. He has revealed his righteousness in the sight of the nations. He has remembered his loving kindness and his faithfulness to the house of Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. Shout joyfully to the Lord, all the earth. Break forth and sing for joy and sing praises. Sing praises to the Lord with the lyre, with the lyre and the sound of melody, the trumpets and the sound of the horn. Shout joyfully before the King, the Lord. Let the sea roar and all it contains, the world and those who dwell in it. Let the rivers clap their hands. Let the mountains sing together for joy before the Lord, uh, before the Lord, for he is coming to judge the earth. He will judge the world with righteousness and the peoples with equity. Okay. So Uh, side note, when it says sing praises to the Lord with the lyre, that's L Y R E, not L I A R. Right, a yeah, liar not, is not a with stringed, liar. like you don't have to find a liar to yeah, sing praises yeah, with. Yeah, it's, it's a stringed instrument, similar to a guitar. Similar, a guitar, you said. Yeah, yeah. In yeah. scripture. Yeah, well, it's shocking, a liar, but shocking. <laughs> so, um, so nine verses, and if you're a, if you're a mathematician, nine divides into three, pretty nicely, right? Yeah. And I, I think in this psalm, uh, the psalmist has written this kind of in, in three stanzas, if you will. Uh, and the first, the first stanza, verses one through three, point us to the past. They tell about things God has done. And, and the result of that, or the result in all three of these is that it is to be met with praise. And in Psalm one through three, the reason for that praise is because he has performed wonders. His right hand and holy arm have won the victory for him. Uh, some some translations use the word salvation there instead of victory because the Hebrew word being drawn there is the same word we draw salvation from. In the very next verse, he, it does say salvation. The Lord made his salvation known. He revealed his righteousness. These are all past tense. These are things he's done in the past. And in verse 3, remembered his love and faithfulness to the house of Israel. But then it declares that all the ends of the earth have seen 
God's salvation or God's victory. Uh, so the concept we want to look at in this psalm is, is in verse 9. We're looking at the, the returning judge. But to get to a returning judge, you have to have had a past with, with this same yeah, I would say, you know, verses 1 through 3 were in large part, if not entirely, fulfilled with Christ's first coming, right? right. Yeah. When, he, when he came and, and, and he lived a perfect life, mm-hmm. a sinless life, and fulfilled the law perfectly, mm-hmm. the law given to Moses, mm-hmm. and then um, was arrested and, and tried and convicted um uh, without reason, mm-hmm. um, because he had done nothing wrong, and and he gave his life, he laid down his life, um, in his in that punishment of the cross that was that was uh, um, that they convicted him of yeah. when when, there, when he had done nothing wrong, right? So, right. Yeah. so he dies on the cross and then raises three days later, and he saves the world from their sin, mm-hmm. the entire world. And, and that's what we see. I, it's interesting to me how scripture, um, scripture does this, right? Because when you read those first three verses, like you said, it's in past tense, but you read the last three verses and it's not. Right, right. It's so, Yo, it, it's so it, it interesting. Changes. Yeah. But yeah. when David, when David wrote this, did David write this? It doesn't, it doesn't say. It's anonymous. Okay. Right. Yeah. Um, well, when this was written, Jesus hadn't come to the no. earth yet. Right. But now that we have scripture in its entirety, well, this makes a lot more sense. Right. Uh, so yeah. God just knows what he's saying and what he's doing at all yeah. times. And that is magnificent. It's right. just a marvelous thing it, yeah. to get to um, be a part of and observe. Yeah. Well, and it just shows how it ties together, how it's all the same plan from beginning to end. It right. wasn't that he's he not created, piecing it together as he right. goes. It wasn't that he created and then all of a sudden, oh man, mankind really messed this up. Now I gotta, I gotta solve. I gotta fix. It was the plan from the beginning to do things in 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 the way in which and the order in which they did them, uh, and the. Uh, the first three verses, though, they do point to the past for, I think, the readers of that day. I think the readers of that day, as they sang this in their worship, they they are remembering when he delivered them from Egypt. Oh, yeah. They yeah. are remembering when he brought them into the promised land. Mm-hmm. They're remembering victories over Jericho. They're remembering, like, David uh, as king. They're remembering him being established as king and all the victories... So there's something that would have tied together right then for them about this God they serve who performs wonders. But I absolutely think it's a prophetic word as well to say yeah, when Jesus comes and, and he's born into flesh, he will, he will fulfill some of these. And is he going to perform wonders? Absolutely. Will he... Uh, as as God's right hand and holy arm, which Jesus is referred to in other places in Isaiah, uh, I think 55, it talks about the, the holy arm and the right hand. We know that Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father. So anytime we see God's right hand, holy arm, like Jesus can, can be closely connected to that. So we know that he worked salvation for us. He, he is the uh, avenue for that. The Lord made his victory or his salvation known. Yeah. The, the word became flesh and dwelt among us, John, John yeah. says, right? Yeah. Um, as you've pointed to. And then he remembered his love and faithfulness to the house of Israel. Obviously, that's the, 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 the lineage there. But then all the ends of the earth have seen our God's victory. Well, yeah, I mean, that was true of their day as far as the nations around all knew uh, from Israel's history that, that God is a God of victory. But even more so, like you said, now when we can look at the entirety of Scripture, man, yeah, all, the ends of the earth know that that God 
brings victory? Well, I mean, I think you can say there are there are people all over mm-hmm. the world to to the ends of the earth, quote unquote, right. um, who now have a personal relationship with Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas it was much more centralized. Just mm-hmm. the even the the that knowledge of God, uh, that concept of that there's only one God was very much centralized around Israel. Yeah. Um, yeah. Back when this was written. Yeah. Yeah. The other nations had, had multiple gods. And so For, yeah. the, the idea, the concept of a singular God would, would have primarily been exclusive to them. Right. Um, but now you have people in people, Japan who are Christians, yes. people in, uh, Brazil, who are Christian people, who in in, in Russia, in Canada, in, in Russia, Canada, in, in uh, Africa, different countries in Africa, South Africa, yes. Ethiopia, wherever, wherever there are um, people, wherever there's people, there's, there are there are believers, Christians there. Now we do know there are people groups that that are still yet to be reached with the gospel, but not many, but not many. That number is growing smaller, and 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 should you and I tarry longer in life a few more years the goal mm-hmm. it, it within the next 10 years yeah all of them will will have the availability of the gospel in their native language which is crazy to think about yeah. and it's never happened in human Man, history praise god that's uh, amazing and so it's amazing that we live at such a time where we if not us our kids will get to see yeah. that realized um, so within these three verses too, it's a tie to the past. It's also a, a prophecy for the future, but we also see a key word, uh, in verse two, uh, he, he reveals his righteousness in the sight of the nations. So this is part of his character. We know he's victorious. We know he's, he's mighty. He performs wonders. Those are all things that he does. But within that is is hidden this. He has revealed his righteousness. So here's if we're building a uh, a resume for this judge that the end of this chapter tells us is coming again. Well, who who is this judge? Well, well, he's righteous first and foremost. Yeah, that's important for a judge. Very important. I would I would want any judge whoever has to deal with any case. That, that I'm involved with, I would I would want them to be righteous in their yeah. Judgment. Well, well, <laughs> you would want them to have a strong moral center where they knew right, right from wrong. Especially, um, um, I'm assuming in this scenario that you're actually innocent. If you're guilty, you might not want them right. To if be you, right, if you're guilty, you might you might say, "Hey, I, I want." But either way, you're going to know that that judge is is righteous according to this. Yes, that, that is. A characteristic. So then we move down to uh, verses four through six, and these are more present tense, just like you're talking about. Scripture does this, where the verb tense in in one through three, even though the command is sing a new song, even there, which is present tense, the reasoning behind it is all past tense. Verse four, shout to the Lord, be jubilant, shout, sing, sing uh and then it tells you what instrument like instruments to join in with this shout victoriously in the presence of the lord our king so now we're talking there's a lot of worshiping going on around here a lot worship and noise this is not a quiet endeavor i'm gonna be honest with you i have um i you know that i'm uh fairly shy uh, well, um, I keep to myself. I'm kind of yeah. quiet. I'm reserved. Yeah. yeah, I'm calm. A little introvert. I'm not. Yes. I'm not. Um, you know, jumping off the walls or excited very often. I have really been trying to grow in that area mm-hmm. of my life because mm-hmm. I truly believe that the Lord and what He's doing and what He has done and what He's going to do are things worth being excited about. Oh yeah. Uh, more than anything else in this world. And so I've been trying to um, be more jubilant and 
loud uh, and and sing more than I used to and um and I'm not regretting it <laughs> like yeah. I'm really not like I'm I it it goes against my personality right but in the most rewarding way it possibly could and so I say that just to encourage any of the five people who might listen to this <laughs> that if you're someone who um, frequently stands for the worship time in your church but doesn't open your mouth or doesn't doesn't clap to the beat when everybody else does or or just thinks well I, I can't sing well and so I'm just not or if you're a man and you think you're too too masculine to sing get over yourself <laughs> Um, and worship because God is worth it. Mm-hmm. And but also know that you're not alone in that struggle. Like I'm a worship pastor, and <laughs> I am trying to get better. Yeah. Um, and and be more excited. Uh, you're trying about to get more Lord. comfortable with something that's not your norm, right? Yes. Um, and and the, and it's not so that you can be flashy and, and loud and, and showy it's because no, it's because he is is worthy of that display he is yeah he is worthy of every ounce of of joy and excitement in my life because everything i have is because of him yeah yeah everything good in my life that i have is because of him mm-hmm. so he deserves all of my affection all of my adoration and Sometimes that needs to come out in the form of a shout. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I mean we'll shout at just about anything nowadays, <laughs> won't we? The, we'll shout at the TV. Yeah, uh, when uh, our team's doing really well, we're, we're all we'll shout it. at it when our team's yeah. doing really poorly too. <laughs> we'll shout at it when somebody we don't like's giving a speech on, a, <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, about whatever political or whatever, yeah. and. Um, it's about time that we just start shouting to yeah. the Lord because yeah. uh, because we're called to, mm-hmm. we're commanded to, yeah, and it's really the one thing that's worth it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, so be encouraged to just grow in that with me because I'm growing in it too. And it's loud. It's loud. Like the description here, trumpets. Ram's horn, uh, mm-hmm. like shout. That's not quiet, right? That's, yes. That's that. This is a moment for for loud, joyous noise making. Mine says, <laughs> "Break forth and sing." Yeah. Like I don't really, I don't <laughs> know what break forth like exactly what that looks like. Well, I think it's just like a, you were talking about. You're working but, on trying to. I, I think I think it's that. It's it's break free, break forth from it, it from sounds timidity. loud to me. Yeah. Whatever it yeah, is, yeah, well, it yeah. sounds like something, something breaks forth. I'm like, that's loud. <laughs> yeah. That's gotta be. Yeah. Yeah. Um but that's sandwiched here between verses one through three and seven through nine. You've got this I, I guess if we were making this a song, we would almost say this is a chorus. Yeah. Because it follows verse one through three as okay, because of these things, do this. And mm-hmm. I would argue that you could put it at the end after seven, eight, and nine, and you could do the same thing and say, because of these things, do this. Yeah. Uh, and and so you kind of make it your chorus, right? Uh, and the chorus tells you to to shout for joy and to be jubilant. Uh, and again, why? Well, it's it's in the presence of the Lord our King. We're we're doing it for Him because of what we establish in verses one through three, because of His righteousness we can shout for joy because of who he is uh no matter what we're going through in the moment so this is a present tense chorus right no matter what struggle you're facing no matter what anxiety you may have within you no matter what um challenges you're facing no matter how bleak the moment looks you can you can rest in knowing who he is and because of his faithfulness that was already uh, mentioned in verse 3, because of his righteousness, 
you can shout for joy no matter your circumstance. Yeah. Uh, and, and so that's the instruction given to us in, in this chorus here. Yeah. And then it continues on in verse 7. Let the sea and all that fills it, the world and those who live in it, resound. So, so it's saying, again, this is instruction. Hey, let everybody yeah. do what we just sang, said about. Let, you know, just sing, shout for joy. Let the rivers clap their hands. I, I never thought about rivers having hands. But well, it, it's, it's poetry, right? It's saying... It is poetry. And it's, I think... It's the clapping sound. There is... There is... And I, this is not the only place in Scripture where nature responds. Oh, no. No. Yeah. Um, and obviously, rivers don't have hands. <laughs> so it is poetic. Yeah. But I think the the bigger point is that nature itself knows who is God yeah. yeah, and responds to who God is. Yeah. And we need to join in with that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and sing a new song and sing with joy and sing and shout uh, and shout joyfully. Well, well, and and keeping with our study of the tenses here too, we went from past in verses one through three, four through six is more present tense. Seven, when it says let, well, that means that they haven't yet. Right? Like that's allow them to do so or call them to do so. Let the sea and all that fills it. Let the rivers clap their hands. Let the mountains shout together uh, for joy before the Lord. So it's, this is future. This is something coming. Why are they excited? Why is creation excited? Verse 9 tells us, For he is coming to judge the earth. He will judge the world righteously and the peoples fairly. So this, this whole sermon today uh, that we're going to look at, Psalm 98, we're talking about the returning judge, which is just mentioned in verse 9. It's not really mentioned in the rest of that psalm, but it's all a buildup. And the reason creation is excited that he's coming back to judge. Because you, you could read that and say, he is coming to judge the earth. That could be terrifying because he is righteous. And as you mentioned earlier, you, you only want a righteous judge if you're innocent or if you trust his his faithfulness and his love and mercy, which is the indication we have here. But creation's excited because they know he's coming back to make it right. Yeah. And so the command to let the sea and all that fills it in the world and those who live in it resound, the rivers clap their hands, the mountains shout together for joy, is, be, is because he is coming to judge the earth. Uh you and I've talked about this before. Isaac Watts wrote Joy to the World. And for whatever reason, I don't know the story behind how we as people made that a Christmas song. Yeah. And we sing it every year at Christmas time. And you could ask anybody on the street, hey, Joy to the World, and they would say that's a, that's a Christmas song. But if you read the words of the, the lyrics... It's, it's really a second coming song. It's really pointing to he will come. Uh, yeah. Verse, you know, the verse, no, no more let sin and sorrow grow. Yeah. Or thorns, uh, uh, what is it, Im- impose the ground. Like, don't let that happen anymore. Well, we, we know we live in a world we still have sin, we still have sorrow. Right, but we won't. But we won't. I mean, even the first line, joy to the world, the Lord has come. Let it, earth receive her king. Yeah. Well, Jesus didn't come as king the first time. No. They tried to make him king. Right. And he was like, <laughs> he was no, like, that's nope. not why I'm it's here. Not, it's not the time for that. Yeah. Um, he came as a prophet. Right. And he performed miracles and he, and he came to become the savior. Mm-hmm. Um. He left as priest, mm-hmm. our high priest, yeah. Yeah. but he returns as king. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, it's definitely, 
definitely. A, it's a second coming song. It's a second yeah. coming yeah. song. Yeah. Not to ruin anyone's Christmas celebration. You can that's still fine. You, you can, can still, still sing look Christmas forward to the second coming. That's exactly <laughs> the whole reason behind Advent. He's, yeah. he's already come as uh-huh. a baby, so we don't Advent. We don't look forward to his coming as a baby. That's not what we're celebrating at Advent. We're celebrating that he will come back. Yeah, uh, and so that's that's kind of the point of this whole psalm is before Jesus had ever come, this psalm is written celebrating the fact that he will come. And, and in a sense, it's again because verses one through three kind of reveal the fact, hey, he's, he's made known. It's a prophetic word saying this is going to happen. And then, by the way, he's going to come again. Um, and they wouldn't have, I, I, I doubt they would have understood that at that time. Right, they they would have just viewed it as, "Hey, the the Lord, the righteous Judge, is coming to make all things right." Yeah, and we can sit here today and say the same thing. The Lord, the righteous Judge, is coming to to make all things right. He has provided salvation for us, and we celebrate that. We live in that. That is a reason for our jubilant shouting. That's a reason for our joy, uh, joyful singing, and and playing trumpets and, and lyres and whatever else we can find to play. But we haven't even gotten started because he is coming again. And when he comes this time, all will be made right and it will all be complete. Uh, and so we we said I started said at the start of this we we're going to tie this to Revelation, so Revelation chapter nineteen, verses eleven through sixteen, we get this description of uh, my little subheading in, in the Bible says the rider on a white horse. Is it, what I've got there. All right. So eleven through sixteen. Uh, eleven through sixteen says, and I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse. And he who sat on it is called faithful and true. And in righteousness, he judges and wages war. His eyes are a flame of fire and on his head are many uh, diadems. And he has a name written on him, which no one knows except himself. He is clothed with a robe dipped in blood and his name is called the word of God. And the armies which are in heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, were following him on white horses. From his mouth comes a sharp sword, so that with it he may strike down the nations, and he will rule them with a rod of iron, and he treads the winepress of the fierce wrath of God the Almighty. And on his robe and on his thigh he has a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. There you go. This is the big scene, right? Mm-hmm. This is yep. this is the uh, penultimate scene. This is this is the the end of Avengers Endgame when when all the people come through the little circles and portals to to fight Thanos. This is this is the moment. Except better than that. Except better, <laughs> right? It's just better. Yeah. And heaven opens, and John sees a white horse, and the rider of the horse is called Faithful and True. And with the righteousness that he is, he judges and wages war. Hmm. So not only are his judgments righteous, but his actions, the way he wages war, is righteous. Yeah. So everything he does, it's just in his nature. And then you get this description, maybe a little different than the Jesus we're used to seeing, who has eyes like fiery flame and many crowns on his head. And he has a name written that no one knows but himself. And the robe stained with blood. Well, we understand that. His robe's pure other than the fact, man, it's stained with the blood that he spilled for us so that we could be made 
righteousness of God. Right. Man. <laughs> so I, I'm, I honestly don't know what to say right now. I just, it's overwhelming yeah. to think about these names. Yeah. Faithful. True. True. Righteous. The word of God. Yeah. Um, yeah. This king of kings and lord of lords yeah. written on his thigh, on his robe. Yeah. Um, I mean, aren't you glad? Aren't you thankful for those names? It, yes. I'm thankful <laughs> this is who, I'm thankful this is who the righteous judge who's coming back to who's returning to judge is. Yeah. Because it's not good news to hear that there is a judge returning if that judge is not these things. Right? That could be that could be terrible news. If if I know, I remember and, and and my father was a very loving man, so no one uh, hear this the wrong way. But I grew up in a time where uh, the way discipline worked in most houses was if you did something, then then your mother would come to you and she she might send you to your room and then you knew when 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 dad gets home, I'm getting the punishment for for whatever dumb thing I've done. Come on now. Right? Uh, the, wor- the worst one I ever remember as far as the feeling behind it wasn't the worst thing I ever did. <laughs> but uh, my my parents, because my father was a pastor, we, di- we didn't have a ton of money. So when they were able to buy something for me or my brother, we were expected to care for it and to take care of it. Yeah. And I, I am somewhat fair-skinned and burn rather easily in the sun and I had burned the the top of my feet really badly one summer right right before vacation Bible school so my parents had lovingly taken me to the store and we found a pair of of sandals that was made out of this like foam material I had never seen a pair like it they, they bought that for me because I could wear that on my feet without hurting my feet to go to Bible school. That was really nice of them. It was very nice of them. And they told me, because these are made of this material, they won't hold up the way other shoes, other sandals do, so you need to be really careful with these. That was the, that was the word, right? First day of vacation Bible school. Bible school wraps up. You being a, a churchman yourself, what typically happens with staff children when church or or a, an, a, uh, an event like Bible school at church wraps up for that day? They're the last kids to leave. They're the last kids to leave. And when you leave kids to themselves, what happens? They run around like crazy. They run around <laughs> like crazy. And to the side of our church, we had a sprinkler set up putting water on the lawn yeah and it was a hot day in south georgia and that sprinkler looked really inviting oh refreshing refreshing and two friends of mine decided for fun we're gonna run we're gonna jump back and forth over the sprinkler Mm -hmm. to get wet and play and i thought i'm gonna do that too I could have taken those sandals off to do that, but I did not. I decided to wear my sandals as I did this. Three jumps in, what do you think happens? Something that you regret. <laughs> the sandals, the, 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 the uh, joint of the sandal to the sole of the shoe on the side, just as as my parents had said, these foam sandals won't withstand the same kind of activity as shoes and other sandals. It popped off. Yeah. So here are these brand new sandals my parents lovingly bought me so I could wear them 
on my sunburnt feet. And I break them day one. And I go around the corner of the church, and of course I'm, I'm, I'm upset, and, and I tell mom. Mom walks me home. Dad's still finishing up stuff at the church. Walks me home, and, and she just tells me, she's like, well, we, we told you, you know, that these wouldn't hold up, so just, just go to your room and take those off and, and wait, and, and your father will be in to see you when he gets home. And I remember it was probably in real time, probably about five minutes before he got home. But to <laughs> me, it felt like days. Yeah, yeah. Because in my head, I was imagining how mad he was going to be, mm. how disappointed. He, probably the disappointment was, was worse than, the, than anything else. How disappointed that I had not cared for something that they had given me. Right. Now, as I said, my father was a caring man, so... There was nothing he did to me that day that was that was abusive. I received some punishment. The feeling leading up to that was the fear, the turmoil of waiting on what was to come. That's what awaits you if if even though my my judge that was coming was someone I trusted. I trusted his 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 love and his care for me. But he wasn't perfect. Right? Because he's a person. If the judge, imagine imagine uh, if I had not been blessed to live with a loving father and, and, and maybe someone listening, maybe your father was, was not as loving. And you still remember those same scenarios, but what was coming your way was going to be much worse than what I received that day. That's not good news that a judge is returning if, if that's what you're waiting on if you're waiting on punishment. But when you read this in Revelation and realize who we have coming, then it makes sense that the psalmist says, hey, every the seas need to roar. The whole earth needs to rejoice. Clap your hands, rivers. Like, look who's coming to judge. It's faithful and true. It's righteousness. It's the word of God. The rider on the white horse. And with him, he's bringing the armies that are in heaven who are also adorned in pure white linen and also on white horses. Again, just the visual of of the purity of, of this. From his mouth comes a sharp sword. We, we talked about uh, in, in Hebrews, just this weekend in Bible study about the, the word of God being a two-edged sword. Yes, we did. From his mouth comes that sword, and he's going to strike the nations. But you might read that and say, well, he's going he's to kill everybody. No. He strikes them to ga- gain their attention, to, to recognize who he is. Because look at the next thing. He will shepherd them. So he didn't kill them the the, the sentence before because he's going to shepherd them. And then he's trampling the winepress of the anger of God the Almighty because he is the only one righteous and holy enough to do so. But then on his robe and on his thigh, he has this name written that you alluded to already, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. There's a finality to that. Because the returning judge has no superior. It's not like he comes and then we're like, well, man, if he's this, what, what's the one who's in charge of him? That's, that's not the case. He is the king of kings and the Lord of lords, which would also make him the judge of judges. So the returning judge we wait on that's going to make everything right is none other than Jesus Christ who who is all these titles we've given him or not we've given him but that, that are that we've listed today out of God's word. Yeah. And there are many more names you can give him. Right? We we have a song we sing sometimes called a thousand names. Yeah. And man, 
there's so many different names we know Jesus by because of who he has been in our lives and how he has interacted with us. And so Psalm 98, because of that, is a psalm of praise, even though it talks about, you, you could almost read it and say, man, this is a psalm of impending doom, but it's not because of who the judge is. It's a psalm of praise because the judge is righteous and because the judge is fair and loving and merciful. And so that's, that's cause then to go back to the chorus, verses four through six. That's cause to shout to the Lord. That's cause to be jubilant. That's a reason to sing to the Lord and to shout victoriously. And I, you were saying earlier, you just didn't have words for, it, it's hard to explain the emotion of the blessing it is to be alive when we are now to be on this side of the crucifixion and resurrection, yeah. awaiting the returning judge, and to be able to look back on Psalm 98 and see it through that lens. Yeah. Instead of the original uh, readers and singers of this song who still would have worshiped God, but they didn't know what he was going to do. They knew what he had done, which was marvelous, but they didn't even know that the righteous judge was going to die for them. And we, we, we have the benefit of knowing he did die for us and he resurrected. Uh, and so absolutely, we, sh- we should all be more willing to be jubilant. We should all be more willing to be louder with our praise. Yeah. Uh, because he is worthy. And he is, he is the only one worthy. Uh, it, it seems like it's the theme of this week. We started, you, you and I and, and some others talking uh, Monday of this week on, on the idea that Jesus is better. And it seems to be that that's kind of the theme this week that God's been teaching me is remember, no matter what good is going on, Jesus is better. Yeah. Yeah, because it's so easy, especially when things start uh, going your way, as the phrase is, to get distracted mm-hmm. by that mm-hmm. and not and not remember again that all good gifts come from above. Like it's really it all that He is the source. Mm-hmm. It all comes back to Him, and He is not only better, but he is best. And there's nothing that surpasses him, nothing that supersedes him. And if there's anything, anything at all that exists in all of creation, actually, I can't even say that because he is outside of creation. <laughs> he yeah. he created yeah. all things. Right. If there's anything that exists, period, that's worth our time, our energy, um, again, our affection. That's worth our attention. That's worth our praise. It's Jesus. Mm -hmm. In fact, worship comes, Jonathan, from um, the old English, which I don't really know how to speak, but... It's yeah. to, it's, it is the word, it's from the word, the old English word for worth mm. and the suffix ship, like we see in the word friendship mm-hmm. or sportsmanship, mm-hmm. um, worship comes from this word and that suffix ship means the quality of. Mm-hmm. So friendship is the quality of friends, of, of, yeah. friends, of being a friend. Well, worship means the quality of worth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It yeah. is when you say, if I say, I'm, if I say I'm worshiping you, God, I'm literally expressing that He is the thing that has the quality of, of worthiness, of worthiness. Yeah. of worth, yeah. of value. Yeah. 
yeah. above myself. And that's that's what worship is. Yeah. If if I were to worship my paycheck, I'm saying that the value of my paycheck is worth more than me. Right. Right. If yeah. that's what my life is all about and that's what I want to chase after, if that's what I want to get loud about and shout about how much money I can make, mm-hmm. or really I'm bowing down to that yeah. and I'm saying that's, that that's paycheck true. is worth more than, than me. Yeah. And when you start to think about like, okay, right. I don't know that I really want to believe that. <laughs> right. I kind of want to believe right. that I'm worth more than what I make. Yeah. That that I'm worth more to somebody than just my money. Yeah. Don't I want to believe that? Sure. Yeah. If people like me just because of the money that I have, well then they don't really like me, do they? Right. So I I want I deep down, we all want to believe mm-hmm. that we're worth something. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes Jesus better than everything is because he is so clearly worth more than I could right. be yeah. in his perfection and his holiness next to my mm-hmm. sinfulness. Mm-hmm. He is obviously worth more. And yet he laid down his life for me mm-hmm. and, and continues to live up to his names of faithful and true no matter how many times I mess up over and over again. Right, yeah. That is, that is the person who is worth worshiping. Yeah. That should be the object of our affection. That should be the thing that we get excited about <laughs> because he has not abandoned us. Right. Someone who's so, so far ahead of us mm-hmm. in every way has not abandoned us to try and figure it out on our own, right. but gave himself when he was clearly worth more than we were yeah. and just laid it all down yeah. so that we could become the righteousness of God. Mm-hmm. That is worth shouting about. Yeah. That is worth being jubilant about. That is worth worshiping. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a reason to celebrate the fact that he is returning. Yes. Because absolutely, that, someone like that, we say he's coming back. Yeah. Why would you not get excited about that? I mean, that yeah. like, like someone of that worth and that value, and and who loves us that deeply, that is someone to celebrate. That the fact that they they went away for a time to 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 come back, and. Uh, that that's that's at the heart of this passage. That's what we looked at today. Is that he is the returning judge, and a lot of times we hear that word judge, and, and it makes us scared. We don't have to be afraid because of who the judge is, right? And like if you have put your trust in him, right, received that gift yes. of salvation, yeah. what do you have to fear right. from a judge who already gave his life for you, right, and whose name is faithful, yeah, and true, yeah. You think yeah. he's going to go against his own sacrifice? Right. Yeah. His own perfection? No. Yeah. We have nothing to fear in that return from that kind of judge no. if we've given our life to that judge. If if we've given our life. So if, if you're listening to this today and, and you say, you know what, I I don't have a relationship with Christ. I, I, I haven't given my life to him. Then Then you have something to fear. And I'm not saying that to try and scare you. But just understand, he is faithful and true and righteous. He's done everything needed to make it where you don't have to fear his return. Well, take it home. Take it home, All you have to do. What do we have to do? All you have to do is call out to him and say and acknowledge who he is. And and acknowledge, just as Bo said, that he is the value of worth, the quality of worth. You just have to acknowledge that to him and say, I, I recognize you are all the things that, that, that the Bible says you are. And in that, it says that you died for me. And so you, you have to tell him, hey, I cannot save myself, but I, I willingly take on your free salvation that you give to me that, that was bought through the blood of Jesus Christ through his death, burial, and resurrection. And that's that's it. You just simply call out to him and say, save me because I cannot save myself. Yeah. And that acknowledgement, 
that he is worth more than anything is is what he wants. That's the declaration he wants so that you can begin a relationship with him and you can walk with him. And then you too, just like we do, you can look towards his return in celebration. Yeah, yeah. The next time you sing Joy to the World, you can think past the events of, of Christmas years ago to the fact he will come back. And when he does, sorrow and sin will no more grow because he will make things right. And Amen. that verse in Joy to the World also says, far as the curse is found. Mm. Basically, no matter where, no matter where the curse has gone, Jesus will make it right and it will disappear f- from the face of the earth forever. Amen. Uh, and so that that's where we close today. Um, we, we pray that you are like us and you're waiting on his return with excitement. Um, if that is not you, we pray that you hear that, that Jesus has done everything necessary to provide uh, salvation through his grace and mercy for you. And we, we, would, we would ask you to find a Christian brother or sister that you can reach out to, a, a friend, a neighbor, somebody you know who goes to church. Ask them how they became a follower of Christ if, if we haven't made that clear enough. Or contact us uh, here at Harrisburg Baptist Church. Uh, we would love to tell you more about Jesus and how you can know him uh, because he is, is so much better than anything else you could possibly pursue. Um, And so that's going to be it for us for today for uh, this episode of the Sharing Our Journey podcast, a podcast ministry of Harrodsburg Baptist Church. Celebrate the returning judge.